well, you're in for a treat because this shit is wild. Sound Seekers, welcome back to Sound for Thought, a podcast about why people make music. Or welcome for the first time. If you're a new listener, thanks for taking the time to listen to something new today. I'm your host, Andrew Schultz. We've got a wonderful episode for you today. Our guest is the multi-talented Parker Whirling. He's an actor, musician, and fellow podcaster, and he just released a brand new single called With a Little Love, which you will hear in a few moments before we jump into my interview with him. You can also stream that song and his other music on Spotify and all streaming platforms now. If you're a fan of this podcast, you'll also be a fan of Parker's podcast. If you don't already know it, it's called On That Note, and you should go check it out. In this episode, Parker and I chat about all sorts of stuff, as always, on the program. Aside from his new single, we discuss balancing different creative interests. He's an actor and a musician. How does he split his time? We talk about the appeals and dangers of being a mad genius at one thing, being a specialist versus being a generalist. We talk about his musical Genesis story, how he got into playing music, a transformative listening experience that involves the Beatles. We talk about working at the edge of your comfort zone, the joys of podcasting, and much more. Parker, of course, explains why he makes music, and that's always my favorite part of the program, so stick around for that. And as always... If you enjoy this episode, don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast, Sound for Thought, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Keep up with this show and other cool content like our sister podcast, Bands, Beers, and Buzzwords with John Bagliasotti by following us at Redefining Records on Instagram. All right, let's jump into it. Stay safe, be kind, and keep making cool shit. Enjoy the show. This one is With a Little Love on Sound for Thought. With a little love inside my heart, I'll be falling back into your arms. With a little Anybody else 
little love inside my heart I'll be falling back into your arms With a little love With a little love Just a little love I don't need anybody But anyway, like you said, this is this feels like a long time coming. I feel like we've been needing to talk, but and we've been kind of circling around each other and, and doing similar things and talking to similar people. But uh, we're we're finally doing it. Here we are. Yeah, it feels good. I'm excited. You wanted to have me on the show for a while. You know, I've I've listened occasionally and listened to band bands, beers, and buzzwords a few times, and it's like. Uh, you know, I feel like it was bound to happen, so I'm glad it's happening now. Yes, absolutely, and and we'll just start with the um, the main reason we're having you on today is because you just released some music. So I listened to your new single with a little love. It's really cool, lovely, upbeat, fun, good vibes song, and uh, I was wondering if you could tell us all a little bit about how that song came together. Sure. Well, yeah, thanks for listening. I'm glad you like it. It's one of my favorite tunes I've released so far, no doubt. Um, It's very different from the rest of the stuff I put out, whereas, you know, the other songs were a lot more synth driven, I feel like. I just loved doing, you know, maybe some drum loops on Splice, and then I have some sense, so I do stuff with that and uh, got very like indie alternative electronic stuff there and this one is um, I mean came about in a very different way it was actually sort of inspired by my roommate getting me into outlaw country like Willie Nelson Waylon Jennings Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. yeah that kind of stuff which I never really listened to and all of a sudden I came back home from uh from atlanta back to la i'm in i live in atlanta now but at the time i lived in la and he was like oh yeah you should check this out and he just started listening to it all the time when we were hanging out so i kind of fell in love with it uh because of him and then uh i started writing a song and that that um chord progression came to me and like the way i played it the strumming pattern kind of made me think of one of those old country tunes where you like hit the bass note first and then you play the rest of it and you just, it's got like a bounce to it the way that those songs I feel like do. But I took it in way more of a a happy poppy way, I guess. So that's kind of how that song got inspired and the lyrics kind of came to me in more of a, I don't know, like they came really quickly. The whole song I pretty much wrote that night, which is like the coolest feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it's that is a cool feeling. It feels like it's sort of meant to be in those scenarios. Like everything just kind of comes to you and it feels right. So that's good to hear. A um, couple things to unpack there. First of all, I have a music recommendation for you. I just discovered this artist called Dougie Poole. I don't know if you've heard okay. of him, no. he does like this really interesting mix of like kind of that old Western style like you're talking about, but also like kind of a spacey synth pop vibe. And he, he puts the two together. 
uh, and it is a really interesting kind of result. I, I think you would enjoy it based off of all the stuff you just said. I'll change my email, lose my phone, I'll shave my head, buy new clothes, and let those Santa and winds just blow away these old, old computer blue that I've accrued. Very cool. Is he newer or is he older? You know, I just discovered him myself, but I think he's been around for a while. I mean, he had some songs released. He's definitely like working now. I know he put out some songs last year. I think his first album looks like was 2017. So he's been around a few years, but uh, I think you, you would enjoy his music. It's really interesting. I'm not even like a big country person, but I do kind of like that Western, old Western cowboy style like you were discussing. And, and he does that with synth pop spacey dream pop type vibes which i think is really cool yeah that's awesome um another thing i really wanted to talk about which you mentioned was was you know i follow you on instagram and i saw that you had recently moved back to atlanta after being in la for a while i believe and i was kind of wondering what happened there what made you want to move i'm you're from atlanta originally i believe but what made you want to move back Yeah, I grew up here my whole life. When I turned 18 and graduated high school, I basically had the option to go to Los Angeles for a gap year or go to Belmont, uh, that university in Nashville, to study music business is what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I really wanted to do that. And my parents, like, I'd been acting for a long time uh, at that point, or at least like, seriously um film and tv stuff for at least five years and they felt like if i really wanted to give it a shot that i should do it because you know gap year is a gap year you know it's not forever and um college will always be there so that was kind of why i did it but i also knew if i moved there to la for acting there's no way i was going back to school like i just didn't like (laughs) after experiencing you know, kind of being on your own and having your own structure, I guess. Like the idea of going to school and doing stuff that I don't care about really uh, for the first two years at least um, would just kind of suck. And yeah, so I was there for six years or five and a half, I guess. And everything was going pretty well for the first four or five. Uh, but then, then, you know, the pandemic happened and it just kind of killed a lot of acting opportunities for me. Uh, I wasn't getting nearly as many auditions as I was before that. And it was just kind of hard to justify the amount of money I was spending on rent for a lack of opportunities, whereas Atlanta is huge for film and TV. It's definitely the number one spot in the Southeast. And you could argue that, you know, it's growing even more and more. So it felt like it made sense to come back here for that, not to mention my parents are here. Um, I can save some money by living with them for a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm an only child. They they are my closest friends. So it sucked just to be on the other side of the country. You know, it's not like an hour drive where I can just go see them. So, yeah. it, uh, you know, a lot of things made sense in the moment uh, to have me move back. And uh, I'm excited I did, but it definitely there's a lot of things I miss about LA the weather of course the beaches being right there and my friends yeah Yeah, I mean that all totally makes sense and uh 
Well, I'm I'm happy that you're getting to spend time with with your family and and being able to kind of still find hopefully find those opportunities for your acting career as well. And uh, I'm curious, kind of how you balance the two things. I know you know acting is really important to you, and music's really important to you. And of course, you don't need to choose. Uh, I love that you do both. But uh, how do you how do you kind of balance the two and is one of them more of a priority than the other for you? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, for a long time, acting and uh, music were pretty side by side, but I knew if I kept doing music and kept getting better and taking it more seriously that it would take over as my favorite. And I mean, there's no doubt about it for me. I do love acting still, um, but it's kind of like I don't feel like an actor's actor if that makes any sense like I feel like I have friends who are very dedicated to the craft of it they love uh working on scripts for no reason you know by themselves or with groups of people and um I've just very rarely had that kind of spark of creativity with acting maybe when I was younger and that was really what I did but nowadays, I just really find that in music more than anything. And actually, like the podcast is has taken over in a lot of ways, um, priority wise, just because I love it's like combining kind of all three, really, like yeah. acting in a way of being able to. It's sort of public speaking, not really, because I'm talking to one person, but I don't know them, and I usually look up to them. Be- I mean, I wouldn't have them on the show if I didn't love their music. So. Yeah, it's like it kind of and then, of course, we're talking about music and we're talking about creating music. So it kind of blends all those worlds. And that's why the podcast has kind of taken over in a lot of ways and priority. But music will always probably be the thing that gives me the most joy. Um, And yeah, I mean, acting is is great, but I've been I've been fortunate enough that it has, you know, been able to sustain me monetarily. And that's yeah. Not, um, not much a lot of people can say, uh, but I do feel bad because I don't feel like it's, I don't feel like, you know, I'm an actor's actor. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, there's certainly, you know, people who are like 100% in on one thing. I guess it's kind of just like the generalist versus specialist argument. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think that being a full-time specialist in one thing is the only way to really reach the top and become the best at your craft or your, you know, your role in your career. But also there's other people, including myself, who argue that, you know, being a generalist and having uh, other skills, in your case, like music and podcasting, you know, there's skills within those pursuits that will help your acting career as well. Um, so it's not to say like doing music and doing podcasting isn't just as good as like working on scripts randomly. I think it, I think it is in a way just kind of a different, a different approach. Yeah. I wish a lot of the times that I was that, um, specialist because I feel like if I had one thing I was dedicating to my, my, dedicating myself to, then I would, get better and better a lot quicker than I would if I had multiple things that I really uh, liked all at the same time. And that's like 
kind of a battle for me because I want to be that guy that is just like dedicated uh, everything to one thing, whether that's the music or or the podcast. Because I think sometimes if I if I don't focus on one thing, you know, the rest like they'll all suffer a little bit. But you know, I don't think that's the best mindset for me to have because I do it, I get joy out of doing all of it. So yeah. I would be uh, I'd be kind of screwing myself if I felt like I had to only do one thing and give up these other two things that mean a lot to me. Yeah, I I feel similarly uh, in the things that I do. I just have, I mean, it's always appealing to commit to one thing. It seems like it would be a really productive way to get really good at something, but I have no ability to like give up the things that I'm interested in. And, and I've always been interested in so many different things. It sounds like you as well. So we have that in yeah. common. What are you like big on? Like what are the things that you really want to do and what's like the one that you feel like if you could focus everything on this one thing, it would be this. Right. Yeah. Uh, some of them cross over with you as well. Um, you know, podcasting, obviously we're here now talking on this podcast and uh, helped John produce his show. And I'm sort of trying now to get into the podcast industry in like a career kind of way. Like I'm trying to find a job working with a media company and hopefully, you know, being a producer or some sort of, you know, community manager for a podcast network. It's kind of uh, something I'm working on now is trying to find an opportunity like that. But um, other things that are important to me are obviously music as well. I love just being a fan of music and a consumer of music, uh, you know, being a journalist for the music world. And I'm not really somebody who thinks of my own music as anything more than a hobby, but I do like to make music myself as a hobby. And then I'm also just like super, I'm kind of a hobbyist in general. Like I get obsessed with little things. Like lately it's been disc golf. I'm trying to get better at disc golf. <laughs> wow. Wasn't expecting that. Yeah. No, like weird things. Like before that and still love this, I was huge into board games. Like I have a huge collection of like 50 board games um, you know, I, I love to cook. I was into the pandemic. My pandemic hobby was, was also craft cocktails. Like I got really into that Ooh, whole, that's cool, man. YouTube world of, of watching all the big, um, cocktail enthusiasts and copying their recipes and learning about mixology and stuff. So yeah, just like way too many. And then I'm like, okay, I want to be a bartender for a while. I want to be a barista for a while like I love coffee and making cool lattes and stuff and but so it's like I have a hard time uh, as you mentioned just like the idea of choosing one thing seems cool but I don't think I could give up like all my little passions and hobbies because it's just too fun to like explore the world that way you know yeah absolutely I mean when you put it like that it makes me not feel very bad about that anymore but I do have like this romantic sense or like this romanticized fantasy of being like that mad scientist who yeah. just like goes all in on one thing and like almost like whiplash but that's not a yeah. great example because that's like not what you want to do at all <laughs> <laughs> well i get, like, yeah i get the idea uh that you're suggesting there and i was like kind of gonna say like you know or sort of ask like where does that you know, where does that desire come from for all of us? Like with that 
you know, being a specialist, being like a mad scientist who's like obsessed with the one thing, like why does that seem like the right thing to do? Even though I, I just feel like most people don't do that. I feel like it's a very small amount of people that do that. So is it is it from Maybe movies? that's why. I don't know. Is it just pop culture that makes us all sort of think that that's the way? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe it is because what you just said, like not every, like most people are not like that. And the idea of having so much passion that you're willing to give up a lot of things uh, for that is really like enticing. But we also know it's a very dangerous road because, I mean, how many like incredibly huge artists uh, give up everything to make their art perfect? And, you know, what when they do that, you know, you can resort to like, you know, alcohol or drugs or just like crazy shit just to like take your mind off of something for a second and it's just like you know you can you can fuck up some relationships sorry can i curse on this oh fuck yeah okay all right cool (laughs) i I think it's funny when people ask that on my show i'm like yeah dude it's no problem but i always forget not everybody everyone has the same rules yeah yeah yeah. Uh, no you're good curse away cool cool. uh yeah uh so just you know You can, I guess to me, it's almost enticing that I can just, somebody can be that passionate about one thing. Um, Whereas, you know, I'm sometimes I'm like barely passionate about that one thing. Like I don't want to do music at all right now or something, you know? And it's like, how do, how do people keep that energy? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's definitely, uh, like you said, I think not a lot of people do it. And for that reason, it can lead to problems. And for that reason, it also just seems so special because it's hard to do. Um, But I think, uh, I mean, I'm with you on your approach. I I like the doing a little bit of a few things. And I I think you're doing them well. You seem to be finding some acting success. You're making great music and you've got a good podcast among whatever else you're doing, I'm sure that is fun for you. So I think you're doing a good job. Um, I always like to get a little bit of this in the interview, at least, and kind of go back to your childhood. You mentioned being an only child. Uh, What got you into music from a young age? Was it, were your parents very musical people or was it some outside force? What was kind of your introduction to music? Yeah, parents were not musical at all. I'm actually the only person in my entire family, like extended family, anything that plays music. Wow. Even in even in a hobbyist way, like the only person that plays drums in my family is an uncle I haven't never met because he like excommunicated himself. But that's a whole (laughs) that's a whole other story. Um, But yeah, so I'm like, of course, the one that left the family is the only one that played drums great yeah uh but yeah so i never had that at all i never had anybody in my family that um played music i mean my parents certainly love listening to music and i think like everyone you grow up kind of just listening to what your parents listen to and that has you know a subconscious effect on the the music you like later on in life um whether it's because you never want to hear it again or because you really love it um, and sometimes both, but, yeah. um, I, I mean, I loved listening to music for a long time. And then when I started doing acting, I did 
musicals, so I would sing, but I never really like, I guess I enjoyed it. You know, I, I enjoyed doing it because I did it for a few years, but I never really like want to listen to musicals anymore at all or do them. So I think as soon as I started doing film and TV stuff and like stopped stopped doing musicals, at the same time, I also started playing guitar on my own, like just teaching myself how to play guitar. And I had a couple of friends um, who I'm still best friends with from my school. And we like had a cover band. We'd play a bunch of blues rock songs and things like that. And then um, I was with them for all of high school. We played all the time, just at least in his basement. Sometimes we'd play at like restaurants and shit like that. And then um, I had my other friend, Pierce, who we started like a duo together. It was like kind of a Black Keys vibe. And I was playing drums on that. And that was the first time I was playing music that was original. Like I didn't really write it. My friend wrote it, but I wrote the drums for it. Yeah. And we started gigging around town. And like sometimes we actually got paid. And uh, we wrote an EP and like recorded it, put it out on CD and all that. So like that was the first time I did anything like that at all. And it kind of hooked me. I loved the whole process of it. And then, um, yeah, that was, that was like really the genesis of all of it. But, um, I learned to like play all the instruments, like drums, bass, guitar, a little keyboards, but not that much, um, from playing with, uh, my friends, Griffin and James, just jamming like in his basement all the time. And we'd switch, yeah. we'd switch instruments. Cause we always wanted to like play the other one. And, yeah, so that that's really how I learned. I didn't really do lessons that much. Sure. Yeah, that sounds really cool. What what age were you at that point, like when you started jamming with your friends? I guess I started when I was 14, maybe, because I think I started playing guitar at 13 just mm-hmm. by myself. And then one day, I don't even remember how how it came up, but I was like always, um, I always kind of like looked up to my friends, Griffin and James. I didn't know them that well. Um, I just always thought it was really cool that they played music. Yeah. And um, one day, like, I guess I was just hanging out with them and they were like, let's, let's jam or let's start a band. Like, cause they were kind of the band and then I got in, but they needed a bassist and I didn't know how to play bass. And they're like, well, we'll teach you. So yeah. I feel like that's how a lot of bassists get started is they <laughs> yep. played guitar and then the band already had a guitarist, so they made them play bass. Absolutely. That that was my uh, introduction to a band as well. Oh, really? Uh, I always say it as as the band already had a better guitarist. <laughs> and so yeah. if, you're, oh, yeah. if you're the worst guitarist, you become the bassist. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's important. It's an important job that I don't think gets enough respect I agree. I agree. I think, you know, it's kind of funny. Everyone jokes about it, but I'm really happy that I got into uh, playing bass because only bass players can truly appreciate the art of bass, I think. And obviously all musicians know how important it is to songs. Uh, You know, most songs, not every song needs bass, but I have such a better appreciation for it now after having the whole experience of like being in a couple bands and being the bass player. So, yeah. And it's funny when to me, when I would play with random people just throughout my life that were really good playing guitar, 
Yeah. And then they wanted to like just for like one song like switch to play bass when you're jamming. And they like play bass like they're soloing on a guitar. Yeah. And it's so annoying. I'm like, yeah. oh God. Like that that right there just shows you like you can't make that transition that easily. Yeah, I agree completely. I've had uh, some similar experiences watching guitar players play bass, and they're you're literally playing it like a good guitar, like a guitar, and uh, it's funny. It's funny yeah, to watch. Yeah, just sounds awful. Well, nice. Uh, at that point, like when you maybe you're 13 and you're just starting to play the guitar yourself, or 14 and you're getting into this jamming. Were there some certain artists or bands that were really inspiring you to, you know? play or write a certain type of music yeah it's a good question um it's funny because i feel like there was kind of a before and after moment for me um and when i was like 19 that changed the way i listen to music um and but before that so when i was like 13 14 15 coldplay was like that was the band for me. Yeah. I loved Coldplay. I saw them twice and they were awesome. Uh, I stopped listening pretty much after their Milo Xyloto album because I think that was like the last really good one, which is a pretty basic thing to say, but uh, I think it's true. Like everything before that I thought was fantastic. And um, Milo Xyloto was like, that was huge for me when I was a freshman in high school, I guess. Yeah. So I love that album as well. Yeah. And uh, I mean, all their ones before that are great. Uh, but yeah, I loved Coldplay. I loved the black keys, uh, kind of like all your basic, like white boy, 14 year old bands that you yeah. love. Yeah. That alt rock, but it's still very poppy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some others cause those were huge. Oh, foster the people blew my yeah. mind when that album came out. I think that was, I can probably cite that as being like when I realized that this is something I might want to do. I didn't even really play music at all that much at that point. I was just starting, but watching like an interview with Mark Foster, I don't know. I was like, he moved to LA. I had been a few times, but hadn't moved yet for sure. And, um, like I, I th- it was like he kind of looks like me. I mean, not really, but like I saw myself in him, and it made me really like just feel like, oh, if he can do it, I yeah. can do it. And That's he's huge. like, my parents love, like, totally supported me. It was not anything like, you know, I had to break off these relationships to like prove to them that I could do this. I'm like, my parents support me more than anything, and. I just like felt that uh, that connection, and for some reason, that like really like kept me thinking like maybe I could do this. And I mean, that album is I think one of the best of the 2010s, or was it 2010? It came out ish. Yeah, I think 2010, maybe 2011. I think it was 2011. Around there, yeah. Yeah, because it was like the 10 year anniversary a few months ago. I think. You know, I got I got the vinyl actually right behind me. Oh no way! Very Uh, cool. I don't have that one on vinyl. 20, 2011 looks like yeah 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 that uh that album i think torches yeah really changed like alt pop probably yeah i'm a big fan of it as well and i had heard recently i don't know if you listened i think there's a couple of singles they put out that were 
B-sides, yeah. I assume. Yeah. One was Broken Jaw, which I loved when it um when they were playing it like way early on. Yeah, yeah, I had never I don't know the other heard one, them. I, I'm looking at it now. It's Chin Music for the Unsuspecting Hero. What a title. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty wild. It's a good song as well. I just I just kind of listened to these for the first time like a couple weeks ago, so it's funny you brought them up. Um, but it did it was cool listening to these songs because it took me back to that feeling of of being early high school, like 2010, 2011. Yeah. And listening to torches, and I was like, oh, feelings. feelings yeah yeah that really like puts you into place some albums really like take you back and that that's one for me because after that period of my life I didn't listen to it too much uh maybe every once in a while but I don't really anymore so when I hear it it just takes me way back to like freshman year of high school yeah absolutely and then um I'm sorry if I missed a step but you had mentioned something about like your music listening changing in 2019 is that what you oh, said yeah. or age 19 yeah. age 19 yeah okay i want to hear um, about that i just uh if my mom and dad are listening sorry but i got like pretty high and we uh i was with my friend and we listened to the beatles and i had not listened to the beatles in years like yeah. i just didn't that was like something i listened to in third grade Sure, and, yeah. And probably not like in a serious way. You just heard it. Yeah, yeah. My dad loved him, but he only had that like the number one CD with all the, you know, the number one singles or whatever. Yeah. And um, that was all I knew. And uh, I never heard a whole album before. And my friend loved them, like favorite band of all time. And I was like, really? Like the Beatles? Like they're old? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, all those like dumb yeah, yeah. things you think about now. I'm like, I can't believe I thought that. And um, yeah, like we would just we just smoke a little bit and then throw on um, what do we listen to? I don't know. We listened to all of them at one point. Um, yeah, and I was just blown away at like the songwriting, the production, uh, how early they did all this. On top of that, all you know, like oh, yeah. they made some of the best music of all time before you know pop music existed. Yeah, and they make songs that like they basically created genres like uh what is it um helter skelter of course that one. oh okay like right. that's yeah, metal yeah. oh that's yeah. basically a metal song and they came out with that in like 69 68 i don't know and 68 yeah like what and yeah. this is the Beatles, the same people that did Here Comes the Sun. Yep. So that really changed the way I looked at all music. Like after that, like things I used to listen to all the time, suddenly it wasn't as interesting to me anymore. Like still, you know, love Queens of the Stone Age, even though Josh Homme might be a little problematic. But uh, that was like my favorite band before. Yeah. And that kind of like stopped. Like I didn't really listen to them as much anymore. Um and Tame Impala was huge. They still remained pretty big, but I don't listen to them that much anymore. Radiohead is like the one 
big band that was huge for me that has stuck through everything. Yep, of course, I'll do a shameless plug here for uh, Bands, Beers, and Buzzwords, your episode. Yeah. John on In Rainbows is a a really great conversation for anyone out there who hasn't heard it yet and you like Radiohead. Go check out that podcast episode. It's it's a fun one. Yeah. Shout out to John. He's the man. And you know, he actually provided uh, his slide guitar skills on the new song with a little love. That's right. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. I love working with John. He's he's the coolest guy. And uh, I'm really happy you guys got connected and and were able to uh, make some music together. Yeah, me too. It was um, really cool because I don't do a lot of collaborating. I do. I, I like doing it now, but at one point I just, I don't know. I think I was frustrated with, you know, logistics of people trying to get them to do things and, you know, shit like that. So I was a little wary, but I think we had just talked about it and I knew he was a really good guitar player that he played slide and I wasn't that good at it. So I asked if, you know, he wanted to give it a shot and maybe do send me a couple slide guitar tracks. And he like did it over the entire song, which was great because it gave me options of what I wanted. And I only ended up picking like three different licks and then kind of like reverb them out, make it sound really dreamy and then just added them a few parts out of those few parts kind of like sprinkled here and there throughout the song. And um, yeah, I was very excited that he did that because I think it makes the song, honestly. Yeah, I I agree. I think uh, you chose the right amount of slide guitar to put in there. I, I think it is something you want to sprinkle in and it just perfects it. Um, yeah. So that's, that's really cool. I love that. And it's funny, I was talking to him yesterday and I had mentioned that you and I were going to be talking his, his suggestions for topics to talk about were, were your podcast, Radiohead, the Beatles and your new single. And I think we've, uh, we've already hit all. Yeah, those. we already hit them all. <laughs> so we're doing a good job, John. You'll be proud of us. Yeah. Um, you definitely hit the nail on the head with uh, Radiohead and Beatles. Cause top five bands of all time for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, let's see. So, you're age 19 and you get really into the Beatles. That kind of changes your world. Uh, how old are you now? 24. 24. So since then, it's been a few years. Uh, what's kind of the stuff you're listening to now? Like what? what's kind of some newer music? Or maybe you're still just digging around, discovering old stuff. But But what's kind of your obsession right now in this moment? Oh, very good question. Um, I love talking about what I'm listening to. I would say, though, the, I mean, the real answer is usually different than what I want it to be. The real answer is I listen to a lot of other, of like people's music, trying to find people for my podcast. Right. And that's, so that's beautiful. That's a great way yeah, to I mean, discover it, music. It is. I love being able to discover something new and then talk to that person like two days later and ask them all about these songs, you know, which is really great. Um, but as far as like bands that, you know, I haven't interviewed, uh, that people might know that are a lot bigger. Um, I love spirit of the beehive. That's a huge band for me. They're out of 
Philadelphia and they are just like, they're like wild, very, um, I think it's, it's pretty experimental. Um, they have a new album that came out this year called, uh, entertainment death. And it's, uh, it's a wild ride. I, I think, I think they're pretty accessible. Like if you are into like, if you're like, you know, not into stuff that is going to be like kind of jarring, you might not like it, but first listen is a little strange, but I think there's a lot of great stuff in there. Um, anything spirit of the beehive has put out, I think is fantastic. Um, I'm listening to the new injury reserve album that came out. Have you heard it? No, I haven't heard of either. So that one, do you know who injury reserve is or you just haven't heard the new album? Uh, No, I haven't. Tell me about them. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting because they're like a hip hop trio and they've been around for at least since 2015. And I never like, I liked a few songs here and there over like the years And then they put out an album in 2019 that was like self-titled. And I really liked it the first few times I heard it, but I didn't go back to it too much. And um, actually one of their main members, he passed away last year. And he was like, yeah, I know. So there's two rappers and a producer and one of the rappers died. Uh, But they had this whole new album that was pretty much done when all that happened. Um, So they just released it like a week ago. And it is the biggest like switch uh, into a new like realm of music compared to their other stuff because their other stuff is like really well produced hip hop like kind of experimental like just adding some strange sounds but in general like this album blew everything out of the water for me um, it is like definitely not an easy listen i would say it is really intense like very intense and dark um but like i've never heard anything that sounds like this before and um so if you like experimental hip-hop at all it's like it's up there for probably one of the best albums and it just came out and i think it's like got a lot of staying power that's super cool i'm extremely into just experimental music of any genre Mm -hmm. combine combine experimental with anything so it sounds like those two recommendations that you just gave will be will be good for me i just love uh hearing music that doesn't sound like anything else well Uh, you're in for a treat because this shit is wild Excellent. Excellent. I love to hear that. And I've written those down. I'm going to check those out. And Very uh, cool. Cool, yeah. Uh, you mentioned, this is a song, or not a song, this is a question that I like to ask almost every guest. And you, you had mentioned maybe the answer is the new single, but what's your favorite original song of your own? Oh, hmm. That's kind of a hard one. Let's just take out the new single because it's like your new baby, and obviously it's yeah. like at the front of your mind. And and we talked about it at the beginning, so let's take that one out and say out of the other songs you've released, um, right? That I've released, okay. Because I was gonna say it might be an unreleased, but I feel like that's probably always how it goes for a lot of people, um, where like the stuff that 
is not you haven't heard a million times yet you're yeah. like you love that one yeah yeah but i think out of the ones i've re- released so far if we're not doing with a little love it might be i guess it'd probably have to be silver words yeah. or always always it's really between those two because to me they're kind of like brother sister songs because they were produced by the same people mm-hmm. um the fund new beat fund they're a band in la and they also produce for other artists and they are the best i love them i had them on my podcast actually um to talk nice. with them and they are so sick like most genuine dudes incredibly talented i always call them wizards in the studio because that's what they are and i would take them a song that i had that was like basically as good as i could get it and then at that point when i'm like i don't know what else i can do to make it better but i know that it can be taken to that next level i just don't think i can do it on my own then i would bring it to them and always always was the first song that we did together I got 2020 vision in my mind's eye. Waking up is scary if you're too high. Wish that I could bury you on my side. My side, yeah, my side. And that, like, that has a special place in my heart because I didn't know that I would ever be able to make music that sounded that professional to me. Yeah. Um, it was the first time that had ever happened. And that, like, changed a lot of things for me and and then silver words was like at that point I was kind of I knew I could do it you know I knew I could get that sound if I wanted to um, yeah but I think what was different about that was how uh, when we started working on the song there was a lot of things that changed once I started with them very quickly and it like took this song into a whole different world that I did like, it was almost like it was always there, but I didn't see it quite yet. Like I knew it could get there. And then when it was there, I was kind of like blown away. And it was also one of the only songs even today that I released that made me feel kind of scared for people to hear it because I thought there was some parts that really only one part that I thought was really like someone could hear it and be like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, <laughs> what is this? Like, this sounds yeah. so weird. Um, but I loved it. Cause I knew if I heard another artist do that, I would be like, that is such a cool choice. I love yeah. that you did that. But for me, I'm like, wow, I felt that risk factor come in. So I think that that might be why silver words is is up there because it just it made me feel like nervous to release it but in a really good way yeah that's really cool um i think i've gone to this point like a million times over many podcasts but i always think about this david bowie interview where he talks about you know making your art or your music just for yourself and not what other people's expectations are and and doing things that you think will sound good to you and also stepping just a little bit past your comfort zone 
you know, mm-hmm. just going to the edge of what you think you should or you're capable of doing or you should do and and like living in that space and creating something in that space and that sounds like exactly what you're describing yeah that's a great quote and just a great um idea and that definitely was one of those moments for me even like now i don't know if i've done anything recently that has given me that sort of like nervous risk taking energy because now I'm on this kick of writing songs that are more poppy and more, mm-hmm. more like accessible, I guess, lack of a better word. Sure. And I'm glad I'm doing that because I do really like the songs and I like that I've wanted to challenge myself to, you know, just write with a guitar and vocals and see how good of a song I can write without doing all these crazy effects. Cause that's what I yeah. always did was trying to make shit really psychedelic and wild. And, and, but part of me really misses that. Like I listen to all this crazy music now and I want to keep making that stuff. Uh, but it just, I don't know how to get back into it because I love the songwriting aspect of what I've done now, which is more flexible because I'm just writing on a guitar instead of starting with a drum track and then I get really far and then I have to change something and I don't like that I have to do all this work to change it if I just start recording on Logic, you know, where yeah. as if I start on guitar, I can change things so much before I actually record it. Yeah. So I, I miss it though. I really miss doing the like wild, crazy shit, which is why I think I need to like work with somebody who really gets into that shit uh, yeah. so that we can kind of combine our our forces and i know you said in your email to recommend someone on this podcast and i think that's a great transition to recommend uh somebody i had on my show his name's bobby rethwish and he is in minnesota and he is like it's crazy because we've never met in person but i loved the music that he produced for this artist named McCall. So I had her oh, on the show. Yeah, I know McCall. Yeah. I had her on the show as well. Oh, that's right. You did have her on the show. That's crazy. Um, I forgot about that. That's but okay. yeah, that, so was, he, that was a long time ago. Yeah. I yeah, happy yeah. to hear happy to hear that name though. She's awesome. And uh this guy sounds awesome too. So yeah, tell me more. Yeah. Uh now that you say that, I think the reason why I found McCall is literally because you interviewed her. I was like going through all the artists you interviewed. I'm like, who can yeah. I, who can I steal? Uh, <laughs> well, you're, but I I've, heard you should interview everyone I've interviewed, and I'd like to interview everyone you've interviewed. But uh, if time allowed, but I'm right. glad. Makes me very happy. That's literally the main reason I do the podcast is to help other people discover those artists, which I think is you know same for you. So that's great. To yeah. Hear. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, McCall's great. Her music is fantastic. And when I heard it for the first time, I was so pumped to talk with her. And then I asked her, you know, who do you think I should interview? I'm looking for people. And she said, well, Bobby produces these tracks for me. And he's really, he's really down to talk about other stuff because he has his own music as well. Yeah. So then I listened to it. I was like, holy shit, this is really good. Because if you remember McCall's music, it is kind of like, there's a lot of samples, like the drums are really sick. Um, yeah. And he, he like, you know, it's all, I'm sure obviously she had a big hand in it, but he, it's totally his style, which is so cool. And when I 
started listening to his stuff, I had to have him on. And then we became friends after the fact, which I'm sure, you know, you know, you do this podcast, some people you think you might keep up with, but you don't really end up keeping up with them, unfortunately. And, and some people you actually do end up becoming friends with later on. And he and I have been in touch. Like we were in touch all the time. We always talk. I was talking to him yesterday because he gave me a shout out on the new song. And he, he like listens to my music, like everything when it's in the mixing stage, because I ask for his mixing notes all the time. And he's done the same for me. Like he'll send me his songs and ask me for mixing notes. And it's really, really cool to have that, um, that connection with someone where you totally trust what they're going to say and that you're not like scared to show them something that isn't finished because you know that they understand that process and that they'll also have really good ideas and be able to communicate it to you without it being like this condescending thing, you know? Absolutely. And yeah. So he's the man cannot recommend him enough. Uh, very talented and just genuine human being. His album is coming out late August so could be a good idea to like you know have him on around that time yeah sorry late october it's already august it's past august there we go that's that sounds great and uh, i totally agree with with everything you said about the importance of having those relationships where you can openly and honestly share everything and get that feedback that can take music to the next level and um i would love to talk to bobby it sounds like He's a really cool guy. So, yeah, I appreciate the recommendation. Yeah, of course, man, of course. Well, uh, I want to make sure we get to my main question. My number one question of this show is always, why do you make music? You know, Parker, what do you think the point of making music is? That's a pretty deep question. <laughs> it can uh, be. Take it. I, it's very, like, nonspecific, so take it deeply if you want or it could just be you know some people just say it's what they do and it's fun and Mm -hmm. they like to do it so yeah however whatever just popped into your mind when i first asked is is what you should say i have two answers one is the very quick easy one and one is like the more deep seated one i think the quick and easy one everyone would say it's fun you know you do it because it's fun you really enjoy it and I think that is what gets everybody into doing something like this is that they enjoy it and that it's fun. And if you stay around, you learn a lot more about why you love it more than just, oh, it's something fun to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, what's really kept me in it is maybe the fact that listening to music makes me feel so good like like i there's i almost am embarrassed to like say how much i'll just sit like stay up at night and listen to random music or look for music all the time and or listen to the same thing i've heard you know a million times because i just love it so much and yeah and i think like because it lasts forever that you know, you can create something that means so much to you and then it lasts forever. And then if you're lucky, other people can listen to it and get 
something out of it, whether that's, you know, catharsis or they just get really happy because it's a song that makes them happy. Like the idea that maybe one day I'll be able to affect the amount of people with my music as some of my favorite artists have and give them that feeling is crazy to me because I know what that feeling is like, like when everything is gone for me, music will still be there. Like that won't go away. People can leave your life and, you know, things like that are inevitable, but music will always be with me. And it just makes me really happy to think that I can create that and maybe other people will be able to feel the same way about it. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a very true and very beautiful thing to say. Have you felt that at any moment has there been has there been an experience for you of feeling like you made that connection with maybe even just one other person, maybe somebody who heard your music and uh gave you some feedback or some uh response to it that made you feel like you, you know, they connected to your music? That's a good question. I think you know, it is funny because we say these things and then sometimes you get it and you don't like process. Yeah. You don't process it really. You're like, oh, that's cool. Thanks for checking it out. And you might not like, sometimes you just take it for granted. And I mean, I don't think that it happens to me all the time. And someone's like, you saved my life, dude. Like that's certainly never happened. That's crazy to me to think about like being someone that big and people coming up to you and be like, this song saved my life. And they're like, there's no joke at all about it. Yeah. That's crazy. And like, that's a whole new world of, of like, I don't want to say responsibility, but like you, if they believe that, like there's some truth to it. Of course they made the decision to not in their life. And, and, but so, you know, you can't take that away from them. But if your song had something to do with it, you also can't take that out of you either. Yeah. And no, I've never, I mean, I've had people be like, yeah, it's a really sick song, man. That's really cool. I think in general, though, I actually probably get that feeling more right now, at least from doing the podcast, because it's something that I wish I like had in my life to listen to when I was starting out to like understand that you didn't have to go to this big studio to create music that you loved. Yeah. You didn't have to work with the label to get your music heard. Like there's ways around these things and it's so much easier than you think. And, and I th- just love that I can highlight artists who I think should be listened to by everyone. Cause I think their music is awesome. And then on top of that, for the musicians and artists who listen to the show, I love that they can, they can kind of be part of this conversation um, about music in general. Cause I think, you know, people who are musicians typically can talk about it for a long time and like, cause they love it. Yeah. Um, and then they can get advice from people that have been, you know, been around longer than they have and have some good things to say. And, and then on top of that, I learn all these things from it because I get to meet all these people who are very, very, um, talented and just good people and they're always appreciative to be on the show so really that's like a win-win-win situation for me and that's that's what brings me the most like of that feeling because it's more 
immediate. It's not like people are reaching out to me all the time about my music, but people, I think more often do reach out to say that they really enjoyed an interview or they really appreciated, I don't know, interviewing somebody because they don't do that many interviews and they're not too big, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is so cool. I'm glad you kind of expanded into that because I was, I wanted to ask you why you do the podcast. You basically just answered it verbatim. Um, and oh, that's like funny. a, a fault. Yeah. Cause I know, you know, I love your show and I, we have so much in common and, and this passion for podcasting too. I, I feel almost the exact same things about, you know, the reason to keep doing this show and it's really nice to hear it, uh, from you. And, uh, I think you're doing a great job and and I appreciate that you keep doing what you're doing. So Well, thank you, man. Yeah. And I mean, I appreciate that you do the same thing and you have the same kind of passion for highlighting artists who you think are, you know, worth being highlighted. Yeah. So what is kind of in store for the future? Do you have more songs coming out? Is there gonna be an album? Uh, what's next music wise? Yeah. Um, so after I recorded with a little love with the fund in LA, like right before I left, I actually wrote one song that <clears throat> I thought would be really cool for them to work on. Mm-hmm. And we did it like the week I left, which was kind of cool, like a send off. And that song kind of feels like, b-side to with a little love but i didn't want to release them at the same time because i think they do both have like something to it where it makes sense to give them their own moment yeah um but it does to me feel like an a-side b-side or just like a sister song because it's in the same vein it's not as like cutesy poppy the way with a little love is but it does have the same like production qualities because it was you know worked on with the fund and um it feels more beatlesy which was really cool for me to like tap into that because i hadn't really done that before yeah and uh i also love this one because it's got like four or five different parts that are separate from each other but somehow flow into each other really well and like I, it's rare that I do that. So I was really pumped to, you know, feel like I pulled that off. Uh, and that will probably come out in November. I'm thinking it's called Hazy Lazy Light. And then I have an EP that I actually recorded with Kevin Basco from Rubber Band Gun. And he's an artist up in Philadelphia. I had him on the show and that's how I met him. So you can see a theme here where I just meet yeah. people on the show and then want to work with them after. Hey, that's the way to go. I approve. Yeah, that's a really nice outcome for me that I didn't quite expect when I started it. Uh, but yeah, he was really, I mean, he's so talented. It's crazy. He's recorded so many artists in his studio up in Philadelphia. And I had never done that before. I'd never like blocked off a week to go record something with somebody i always just did it in my bedroom whenever i could yeah so that was a really cool experience i like stayed with him we worked on the songs all day every day and um we have four tracks that are still getting mixed right now they're like in the we got the rough draft 
couple weeks ago, I think, or maybe a month ago. So he's still working on getting the final draft before we master it. But it's, yeah. I'm like really proud of these because we recorded it all to tape and I had never done that wow. before. Yeah. Yeah. Everything I'd done was always like splice loops for drums and things like that. And this was the first time we did anything remotely like that where, you know, the takes you do, there's not a lot of overdubbing, if at all. Like, all the vocals are pretty much one way through. Um, maybe a couple times we punched in, but it was uh, it was quite the, like, experience. It felt very authentic. And now that I've done that, I don't really want to go back to doing the other thing because it just turned out so well. Yeah. And, um, and these songs, like with a little love feels like the starting point going into like where everything else is going to sound because everything before with a little love was a lot more electronic, heavy synths, things like that. And uh, this EP definitely feels more like, like a band could play it all. And it just feels more like rock pop, like pop rock, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm really, really excited about that. I think that one's going to come out in uh, 2022, maybe March or something. And I just started talking with another dude who, of course, I interviewed on the show. And uh, he lives in Atlanta. His name's Clark Sound. And we were talking about uh, recording an EP for me that feels a little bit more a little bit more country-ish, like that outlaw country vibe again, yeah, but sure. still poppy. And um, I, I hope that comes through. We just started talking about it, and it's not really like it's not urgent time-wise. So yeah, we might get working to working on it in the next couple of months. But that one I'm really pumped about because it's uh, it's just like it's gonna sound really fun. It's gonna I was really inspired by like Towns Van Zant stuff. And that uh, that was like a new artist for me a few months ago. And now I really love him. And this whole EP that I kind of wrote over the last few months was really inspired by that kind of sound. That's awesome. That's that's a lot of great stuff. A lot of good uh, cooking going on in the stove. And uh, yeah. uh, musical fans of Parker Whirling will be happy to hear all that. You got a, you got a lot coming for us, so that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I have to like you keep mentioning how you meet people on the podcast and and working with them and it, it brings me a lot of joy because I feel the same way and I mostly just want to give John another shout out because mm-hmm. every time you like talk about it, or even like when you're talking about Bobby and that relationship you built with him it makes me think about John because I wasn't we went to the same college but uh, we weren't really close we were just kind of like both in bands so we would like see each other at like, you know, house shows and some like local gigs and stuff, but we didn't really talk. And then after we left college, I had, he was one of my early guests on this show. And that was like where we connected. And then we started talking more and then eventually got the idea to, to make a sh- podcast for him. And, and now we text like every day and it's like a really <laughs> yeah. cool musical friendship. And, and, uh, I love that this podcast format has allowed both of us to like make so many awesome connections and relationships. And 
And it also just is such a great way to express all those things you said earlier about like sharing ideas and sharing advice and discovering music. And it's, it's really great. And I'm happy I got to talk to you today. Um, yeah, me too, man. It's an absolute blessing to be able yeah. to do this. So uh, let's just do, we're, we're kind of near the end of our time, but I w- like to do a couple kind of fun, silly questions at the end. Sure. Just to, uh, just to kind of end, we talk about music deeply for like an hour, and then I like to kind of switch gears a little bit just for fun. So uh, first one is, what do you enjoy doing besides music and besides acting and podcasting? <laughs> yeah. What are your other uh, hobbies or interests? Yeah, well, I appreciate that you have a bunch of hobbies because I feel like I don't have that many, and I I want to. When I was in LA, I cooked a lot, and I nice. really liked cooking. Um, yeah. I don't do it as much anymore now that I'm with my parents, and both of them are fantastic cooks. So it's like, why would I even bother? <laughs> but uh, uh, I do want to get back into it uh, eventually when I get a new place and have to cook for myself. I will definitely. Uh, get back into it and enjoy it. Um, I mean, that's that's a big one. I gotta say, I teach music as a job. Cool. Uh, yeah. I got that job a few months ago, and I mean, I wouldn't call it a hobby, uh, but I do enjoy it. It's pretty fun to do that. Uh, to watch like people get better, and like most of them are kids, so it's kind of fun to like watch a kid like get something and then get better, and you watch them progress over the course of a few months. Yeah. But as far as other hobbies, I can't really like think of a lot of good ones, uh, which is sad to say. No, it really becomes, yeah, like music is just so important to me that that kind of just becomes the only thing I do if I'm like doing an activity. I like going on walks, I guess. That counts. Absolutely. Yeah. And even then, I'm listening to music. So uh, that's kind of tied in there. That's okay. Well, here's a still music-related question that I think is fun. What is the last song you saved on Spotify? Oh, you know, I most don't... recent. Or do you not yeah, save I, songs? I'm not very good at saving songs, but let me see what it would be. Oh, okay. Interesting. I have it right here. Uh, it is George Benson, Turn Your Love Around. Turn your love Is it a good it's one? It's an older, slightly older tune. Let me see. I don't know when it came out, but he's, you know, he's a little older, probably like in the 80s. But that's pretty, that's kind of funny that that's the song, the last one I saved, because I do love that song, but um, but I don't save a lot of songs on Spotify, so you're not really going to get a very accurate to my my musical style because of it i think that's okay yeah i do kind of like the randomness that occurs from the question but yeah uh, for accuracy's sake are you so are you somebody who just kind of makes playlists how do you keep track of like the music you're listening to you know i don't do playlists that much either uh i was talking with someone about this i i might do like one or two a year uh for whatever reason and even then, I'll only listen to that playlist for like a week, maybe, you know, two mm-hmm. weeks. Um, because I I don't know, I just end up 
listening to albums a lot. I listen to a lot of albums. Like even if I don't finish them in the car ride or something, I do start it or, um, yeah. I mean, that really, that really is it. And it, I love it because I do love listening to a whole album, but sometimes it's like, it probably keeps me from having some variety in my life. I just, uh, I'll put on, you know, the song one of, of that spirit of the beehive record or, um, or like day glow. I've been, I listened to him yesterday cause it was like yeah. a beautiful day. And that new day glow album is perfect for a, a sunny day. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I just like, I get in the car and I think, all right, what do I want to listen to? And usually it ends up being an album. Sometimes it's like the top songs by an artist, but it's, it's pretty rare that I'll go to a playlist. It usually is like, let me pick an album and go from there. Okay. Sometimes I shuffle songs by like a big artist I'd like um, if it feels like, you know, if it feels like it's the mood. But yeah. even that's kind of rare. Hey, there's no wrong way to listen to music. And uh, Yeah, you're right. I respect that you have such respect for the album format. I, I, I try to do that as well from time to time. It's just, you know listen to full albums whether it be all the way through or or skipping a few songs or shuffling but i think that's really really respectable and uh is making an album and this is one of my last questions but uh is making an album for yourself is that important to you like at some point to make a full length i was just thinking like for someone who loves listening to full albums i've never made one and haven't really thought about it I think I would love to one day, of course, uh, but it seems like very hard to conceive of that right now because I just don't feel like if I made an album where I'm at right now that many people would want to listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think people would listen to a whole EP maybe. Um, certainly singles are pretty uh low effort in terms of somebody checking it out yeah but i think about like if i was to put out an album right now like how many people would really listen to the whole thing you know and that's a lot of time effort energy sometimes money that you're putting into an album for not many people to hear it so i feel like that would have to be something i would do when it feels like i have a at least a small committed fan base of people that would really love to hear that uh so for now it's it's singles and eps for me yeah sounds good uh so i have one more question that is a real question it is when was the last time a piece of music the most recent time a piece of music either something you listen to on spotify or maybe a concert experience Gave you the chills. Oh, gave me the chills. Man, I feel like it probably happens multiple times a week, if we're being honest. That's great. Um, I just got to think about what the last one was. Um, Whatever. It doesn't have to literally be the last time. Right, right, Whatever, right. Uh, was memorable. Okay. Uh, I really love this new... Dijon song. Do you know who Dijon is? No. Tell me. He uh 
the reason why I really love it is because he worked on it with a guy named McGee, who oh yeah, I lo- you yeah, know McGee. I know McGee. That last album was was fantastic. Oh yeah, so good. That album, one of my most listened to last year. I think I listened to him like the most out of anybody last year, and he so McGee and Dijon just did a song together, and I've never like listen to Dijon that much like I've given him a few listens and I think it's pretty cool but I don't really go back to it often but this song is like oof it I just hits so hard it's so short and sweet it's like two minutes and six seconds it is uh it like the groove is so good it's poppy um but it feels mature like it doesn't feel like you know uh, like an immature pop yeah. song just trying to get listens it like I don't know, it just hits really hard. And, and oh, dude, all right, I got to say Donda. Like, there's some songs on Donda that give me the chills every time. Uh, 24. Have you listened to Donda at all, Kanye? No, I haven't. I mean, I have, like, kept up with the news about it, but yeah, I yeah. didn't listen to it myself, no. Okay, well, if you if you want to, I would definitely suggest it. I don't know what you think about Kanye. I know he's a very polarizing figure. I'm actually uh, extremely neutral. So. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. You're not say say your opinion. Yeah, please share. Oh, I mean, I I totally feel why anybody would be uh frustrated with him as a person because I certainly feel those same frustrations. But I just I I cannot take away like the music like it is so good i love this album there's a few songs that probably didn't need to be on here um but most of them are fantastic and 24 that song is uh always gives me chills when i hear it it's got like a a choir a beautiful choir same with uh come to life those two songs every time i hear them uh are very they're like a religious experience and they always give me the chills when i listen to them that's awesome I definitely will definitely check those out. Um, and the Dijon McGee song as well sounds yeah. sounds really cool. Definitely check out the Dijon one. I think you'd probably like that. Cool. Um, well, that's pretty much all I got. Do you have anything you want to add? Anything we missed or something you want to share that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Um, I don't know if I actually said the name of the podcast that I do. So it's called On That Note with Parker Whirling. Uh, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all of that. Uh, would love it if anybody listening to this wants to go stream with a little love and maybe some of the other songs. And uh, I want to say thank you for having me on this show. Uh, I've been thinking about this for a while, so I'm really glad that we can make it happen. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you, and and I'm glad that we are both doing this artist interview podcast thing, I think. I speak for both of us when I say it's a very rewarding thing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the feelings are mutual. I'm really happy we got to do this and and thankful you took the time to talk to me today. And of course, yes, if you're listening out there to this show, you will definitely enjoy Parker's podcast on that note. And uh, you should definitely check out the single. I was listening to it and it's a really cool song. Um so yeah, uh, what are, what are your uh, social media accounts, real quick, just for anyone who yeah. wants to go out there and search you up right now? Uh, it's just at Parker Whirling everywhere, uh, Twitter, Instagram. I don't really use Twitter that much. I like looking at it, uh, but Instagram is pretty much the uh, the app that I'm 
most plugged into. So if you're trying to reach me that way, I would go, you know, I'd go on Instagram for sure. And that's just my name at Parker Whirling. Cool. Awesome. And uh, that's all I got. Parker, keep making cool shit. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I'm enjoying consuming the music and podcasts that you are making. And I know other people appreciate it as well. And uh, hopefully at some point we get to talk again. Yes, I would love that. Thank you again, Andrew. I appreciate you having me on. Of course. Let's do a high five. I always end with a high five. (laughs) Okay. Virtual high fives are even better than real ones. Are we clapping our own hands at the same time or are we just air? Okay. All right. Yes. I count. I'll go three, two, one, and then we both clap our own hands. Okay. Sounds sounds good. That is through the, through the matrix equals a high five, uh, of our own together. So. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Three, two, one. Perfect. Okay. I'm like, I don't know if there was a lag or if we just were not very good on time right there. Oh, you know, it's uh, every clap slash high five is its own unique, beautiful butterfly flower. Yeah. And hey, you can even edit it later so that it just sounds at the exact time. I could. I could. We'll see. We'll see. Sometimes <laughs> we'll see. maybe I will. Maybe I won't. We'll see. Yeah. We'll keep you on your toes out here. Exactly. All righty, dude. Goodbye. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Thank you again for having me on. Of course. All right. See ya.
Hi, friends. Thanks for listening to Sound for Thought. I know there are a million podcasts out there, maybe more. And for you to listen to this one, I really appreciate you giving it a shot. If you enjoyed it, please check out one of our other episodes and discover some more new music. Don't forget to subscribe or give us a follow on whatever platform you're on. If you're on Apple, you can do a comment or give us some shiny stars, and that will make our team feel really good about what we're doing. Thanks again to Mr. Parker Whirling for coming on the show today. Go follow him at Parker Whirling on Instagram to keep up with his music, his podcast, and all of his creative endeavors. Listen to his new single, With a Little Love, on Spotify today. Thanks, as always, to Aiden Danzi, otherwise known as The Judd Zingle Project, for our theme and backing tracks. Follow us all on Instagram at Redefining Records to keep up with this show and other cool content. Lastly, I wanted to take a moment to do a little test and see who's actually listening at this point of the podcast so far to the end. I don't know who's still there. If you're with me, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that. Secondly, shoot us a DM on Instagram at Redefining Records. Tell us that you were listening to the very end of this episode and tell us what the last song you saved on Spotify was. And I will give you and that song a shout out in a future episode. All right. Hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. This has been a Redefining Records production. I'm thinking of, I'm going to look it up right now. I got it. Yeah, let's look it up. This is a podcast. I can edit this pause out later and we can just sound like geniuses. Okay, cool.